Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot, brought to you by Red Moon Roleplay. This week, we're playing Ryutama, a fantasy RPG that was designed in Japan and translated into English by our friends at Kodadama Heavy Publishing. I've said it before in other places, but I am fascinated by the culture around tabletop role-playing games that evolved in Japan, and I'm delighted whenever we get the opportunity to play something designed there. Ryutama takes the adventure journey concepts in D&D and mixes it with pastoral slice-of-life fiction that you might find in a Studio Ghibli film. The system has a lot of fresh concepts, including a built-in GMPC system that gives the GM an avatar that levels up alongside the characters in the party. I love a lot about the way fiction is crafted in this game, and I get into that in more detail in the episode itself, but it suffice to say that I am a fan of this game. Heroes, a woman with hollow eyes, is still funding on Kickstarter, and thanks to you we managed to hit our character art stretch goal. The next big hurdle I'm looking to overcome before funding ends next week is our $13,000 stretch goal. If we get to that, we'll be able to pay everyone involved with production a higher wage. And if you can help get us there, I will dye my hair in the rainbow pattern that came in second place for the Dungeon Dome Kickstarter hair dye goal. This Thursday at 7pm Central Time on the One Shot Twitch stream, we'll be streaming our final preview of A Woman with Hollow Eye. If you want to see something specific, be sure to let us know on Twitter with hashtag A Woman with Hollow Eyes. See what's in store this Thursday at 7pm Central Time. I'd like to take a moment before we start the episode to thank our backers on Patreon. Stoppable force. Thank you. <laughs> what an unfortunate name for a police show. Michael Ben Silva the third. Thank you. The Knights of Podcast. Thank well, you. Well, let's go back to Michael Ben. Michael Ben's our buddy. Oh, Michael Ben. Yeah. Whom we met through pranks and podcasted with us on Never Tell Me the Pod. Yeah, and it's like doing stuff with Lomi. Mm-hmm. Michael Ben, I didn't know you were a the third. Yeah, way to hold out that detail on yeah, us. Yeah, that's important deets. You know, you're on our watch list, Michael. On Riverdale, when Jughead introduced himself to people, he got in there immediately with a the third. Well, that's because you can trust Jughead. Yeah. Michael Ben, do not hold out those deets next time. Holding back deets. Knights of Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Knights of Podcast. Nathan, thank you. Douglas Underhill. Thank you. Stephen Rutowski. Thank you. Rutkowski. Thank you. Stephen Rutkowski. Thank you so much. I think I got it wrong in the same way before. (laughs) M. Kenny. Thank you. Thanks again to all of our supporters on Patreon for making what we do possible. And if you're back at our secret archive level, be sure to listen to Campaign Side Trip, which is being uploaded throughout this holiday season. Our sponsor this week, Red Moon Roleplaying, paid for a mid-roll ad read by the crew of the Minoc. So look forward to that later on in the episode. One quick quality note before we get started, this was recorded live at a catacon on the show floor. There's a little bit of background noise that leaks in every now and then. I hope it's not too much of a bother. And with all of that out of the way... Let's get to the show. All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this adventure. First up, we've got Megan Dornbrock. What's up? Megan, welcome yeah. welcome to One Shot. Hi, it's been a while. It, it has certainly but, uh, been a while. Super happy to be back and playing this anime-ass game. Uh, yeah, we're going to get pretty deep in this anime-ass uh, for this game. Oh, yeah. No, they're children. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, it's going to be extremely anime no matter yeah. what. Meg, what, what do you do? What Tell the people. I don't... Well, that's an existential crisis. I didn't want to have this early in the morning. Um, no, I do the Modifier podcast Ooh. right now. 
on the One Shot Podcast Network. Oh, sounds like a good network. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, and it is an interview podcast. And I'm also working on an actual play that's going to happen called Tales from Thetis. Also on the One Shot Podcast Network. Mm. Mm. Excellent. Next up, we got Rob Stith. Hello. Hey, Rob. How are you feeling? I'm feeling all right. A little tired, but a lot excited. Oh, good. Are you ready to take on this anime-ass adventure well, with us? Well, you see, when one-shot runs anything on the anime-ass spectrum, there is a better-than-decent chance that I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. We, well, when Shinobi Gami finally comes out, we'll have to have you back to play another round of that. Yeah, it was almost weird that I wasn't That you weren't that, part <laughs> of that. To be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I've walked backwards into yet another anime game, and this one is perhaps the anime-est yet. And Rob, what do you do? Well, now... How do aha. you sell your labor? <laughs> <laughs> I run the Orpheus Protocol, an actual play podcast of the Orpheus Protocol, the role-playing game that I am currently developing. The long, long, long beta test of that is the actual play campaign. Mm-hmm. Hoping to go to Kickstarter maybe next year, but having a damn good time already. Excellent, excellent. <clears throat> yeah, uh, check out that podcast for the illest synth rip uh, <laughs> I wrote it. of any podcast intro that I have ever heard. Um, it is a delight. But, folks, we have a special, special birthday boy sitting at this table <laughs> with us. And that is Quinn Wilson. Yay! Ooh! Quinn, welcome back! Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Quinn, first of all, happy birthday. I know it's not your birthday now, and that this is merely the best time of year for us to like do this, but happy birthday. Thank you, James. I'm glad that you were born. Thank you. <laughs> Quinn, how do you sell your labor? <laughs> Ooh, boy. Let's see. I've got a number of podcasts in the oven at this point. Yeah, you got a couple eggs. Got a couple got big a beautiful couple eggs. Big beautiful eggs, and I would like for you all to kiss them with your ears. My flagship title is Swallows of the South, mm-hmm. an exalted third edition actual play for the time being, anyway. <laughs> um, that is on the RPG Academy Network, and listeners look forward to soon the addition of one-shot podcast network member John from the System Mastery Podcast joining us as a regular. I am also currently working on the Tales from Thetis podcast with Megan Dornbrock and the Red Eyes White Saber podcast with (laughs) Megan Dornbrock's fiancé, Dan. Which is tangentially related to a podcast that's (laughs) tangentially related to the One-Shot Network. Correct. It is us really fleshing out a tangent that James <laughs> that you and <shouldn't>. company <laughs> flushed out with the uh, the Thrawn trilogy mm-hmm. as it was never meant to be. I am also working on a Riverdale Reviews podcast with Rob called River Do's and River Don'ts. Very, ah. very good. What a what a great name for a podcast. It was and the first one Quinn came up with that I was like, well, we're not doing that name. That name is stupid. And then we couldn't think of another <laughs> name. I was like, oh no, we're really doing this. Yeah, I backed us into that corner hey, real fast. Dude, no one is doing a podcast without a stupid name mm-hmm. or a name with very bad SEO. Yep. <laughs> That's what you get. You either get a stupid name or one that is unsearchable. Correct. And to cap it all off, you can also find me doing regular or semi-regular actual play content for the System Mastery podcast. Ooh. Uh, 
in their Gamma Crawl X campaign whenever we can get the microphones to agree with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they got a new board, so hopefully that'll be Fingers easier. crossed. We are playing this week Ryutama. Uh, for those who don't know, Ryutama is... Uh, Reportedly, a natural fantasy role-playing. I'm not quite sure what that means. I think it's something like more slice-of-life-inspired fantasy role-playing. It is how I would classify... This is what a story gamer would do to create an OSR game. It's it's pretty neat. Imagine like Harvest Moon and, and Miyazaki films like crashed into D&D. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, one of the coolest things about it is what we're going to be starting off with, and that is the world creation. Each world that you play in for Ryotama is a bespoke world. It doesn't come with a default setting. You create it uh, with your friends every time you sit down to play. So the first question I have for all of you mm. is what is the shape of this world the literal physical shape donut Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> i was gonna go half sphere but i like a donut i was thinking pyramidal but donut wins okay okay so uh is this like halo style where all the things are in the interior ring is this like our world but if it was in a donut shape yeah probably that okay Okay. I don't know your other reference. Yeah, we're not playing with like weird <laughs> gravity to hold things together. <laughs> this thing just works. Well, we, the we gravity break James's brain with like how sunrise and sunset works. <laughs> yeah. Um Cuz are you it like It just does. Uh, a coin almost like yeah, is it rotating around the sun, or does it have a small sun that rotates like well, throughout I mean, it, it? But and and does the donut itself have some axis on which it rotates? Yeah, as the whole thing goes around. I mean, it's it's wild. This it's is wild already. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but you I, so I I definitely think there is at least one moon that sort of like rotates okay. around it in a figure eight. Yes. Pattern, oh yeah, absolutely. So that we can still have tides. Yes. Um, but sure. This is this is great to get a sense of scale. Uh, how many land masses would you say are on this donut shaped world? Like continent sized land masses. Yeah, yeah, like, is it, like, pretty much there's one continent, or are there multiple separate continents, and you guys just happen to be on one of them? This game loves the seasons, so maybe four? Yeah, that works for me. I like that sort of, like, JRPG-ass, like, four to six continents. Okay, because Rob said that, uh, what I am picturing is there are indeed four continents, and each continent is perpetually trapped in one of the seasons. Like, there is a continent where it is always winter. There is a continent where it is always autumn and spring and summer. I um, love it. Because the sun can't get li- around even. Yeah, exactly. So. so there is always a season represented. So it is donut. See, shaped. we fixed it. Yep. yep. You you fixed this broken thing that you created. Okay, so we've got world history, um, which is a pretty vague category, but I, I think it's a question along the lines of how far are you guys from a major war or conflict? Has there never been a war? Has there been a war quite recently? Is there a war going on somewhere else? Is there a war happening now? I feel like... Engaging in that sort of heavily pastoral slice of life stuff. Mm -hmm. I like the idea that we're like two generations out from the last major conflict that happened. This is the first generation where we feel genuinely adequately secure in the peace of our world, whether or not that is well-founded. Okay, so two generations out from war. Which means that 
if there are people living on the winter continent, they have figured something out. Because there would always be war. Oh, yeah, because they would always They would always need to have food from somewhere else. Uh, Maybe they figured something out, though. Well, I think the winter continent is... First of all, there got to be a lot of hot springs because, you know, we're we're in a Japan. You can't go more than, like, 15 episodes without one of those. So So maybe there are, like, farmable oasises in the permafrost Mm -hmm. created by underground hot springs. Sounds about right. Yeah. And there's yeah. probably some place up there in the oh, ice mining, with dinosaurs mining. and stuff. There's yeah, probably a lot of mining, like, uh, valuable and metals and minerals. I guarantee you, on Winter Continent, they eat a shitload of reindeer meat. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> um, reindeer jerky, big export of Winter Continent. Again, it's all very agrarian. Like yeah. it's the sort of thing. Well, we we've got our mining things here, um, and you know they've got their exotic fruits and vegetables in the summer continent and. The autumn continent has a lot of root vegetables, and the spring continent has, like, sweet flowers and spices and whatnot. So everybody just stays in their goddamn lane um, and enjoys it. That's great. Um, So the other thing about Ryotama is that dragons are, like, the main thing that spurs being. There are four great dragons, one to represent each season. And they devour stories, and stories are the thing that sustains them, and they in turn sustain the world that creates the people that create these stories. And like sprung out from them, uh, down like family tree style, there are dozens and dozens of different types of dragons that perpetuate seasons and whatnot. So is there anything within the world history that you guys feel is influenced by these dragons? I feel like each continent probably has some sort of draconic god emperor that presides over them oh do you think they rule well maybe or it could be a scion of these dragons some like physical human mortal manifestation of these dragons you have touched on another element of this setting and that is the ryujin and it is the ryujin's duty to go out and follow adventuring parties and collect their story. story they will farmers. they will actually shepherd <laughs> stories, write them down in notebooks and take those stories to the seasonal dragons to feed to them so they can continue sustaining the world. So the Ryujin are uh they have unbelievable world-bending powers, but they really only use them in service of getting food for the world dragons. Mm. So, so if there are rulers, they're probably mortal rulers or some other form of dragon. I will consider this library emperors who Ooh. preside over the Ryujin and collect their stories, holding them in these grand archives. Hell yeah. Ooh, I love that. And it almost seems like these fixed seasonal continents have to be the result of some kind of peace accord among primordial god dragons Mm -hmm. that were having trouble with like oh but fall was three days longer than spring this year and now we have to fight and like they finally were like okay no we're just each gonna take one is that cool and that's maybe why it's like this i love it yeah there i'm sure you tell children's stories of how the seasons used to like shift like you'd stay in one place and then different seasons would come through that place and the kids are like what are you talking about you sound like a crazy person yeah because in in the The... modern parlance it'd be like oh yeah so we live here in the united states but (laughs) then like for a third of the year it would be china 
What? Yeah, right. No, just for I a couple it. months, and then it would come back to something else. Yeah, then then we were Barbados for a little bit, and now it's America. Again. No thanks, so, old man. I'm going to continue fidget spinning. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> dab, dab, dab. Although, um, although our characters do not vape, I yeah. think. Or at least mine doesn't, because he's very, very young. Yeah, I, I, I love uh, the the library emperors, these, these human rulers who are... Like sort of somehow tapping into this this resource that each seasonal dragon needs um, in order to stay alive um, and operating in tandem with the Ryujin. It it's also creates this sort of like pastoral idea of political power because at the end of the day, they're a librarian. Yep. Um, and they're just organizing information. Cool. So that is the world history portion. Guys, let's get into representative countries. Because, uh, I, as Rob has pointed out, they're probably just political systems divided up based on the seasonal areas that they're in. Mm-hmm. I will ask you guys, uh, because I picked as my Ryujin uh, the most basic form of Ryujin, which is the green Ryujin, the one that represents spring. It is one about discovery, exploration, and adventure. So let's drill down on the spring continent, where you guys, if it's not where you're all from, it is where you will be starting your journey together. So the spring continent, I, I think, generally speaking, Ryutama, the world is one where you can travel from place to place and it feels like a discovery so like certain things are known about other places but for the most part it's a discovery that people individually make for themselves maybe somebody would write a journal and there's a chance that that could be held in a library where people could find out about it but for the most part you're the world is mysterious and open to you what is the spring continent like what are some details that you would like to see? I definitely think that there is a lot of regional variations in the spring continent, whether that be countries or like subdivisions of this broader empire that vary by what flower blossoms in the region. Ooh. So you've got like pear blossoms, cherry blossoms, plum blossoms, like, and so at a very zoomed out map, you have this beautiful sort of like sweeping shifting color scope absolutely yeah i i love the idea of there just fields and fields of flowers sort of like those tulip fields that uh you see in in, in belgium just like dotting the landscape with rich colors with sort of lush plains in between them i'm Rob, pretty sure that um, like i'm pretty sure that bee husbandry would be huge on the spring continent oh yes uh because that's a you know a food source and like a industrial material source in wax that would be just super thriving during the spring perfect yeah a lot of farms are that cool meg do you have a detail that you'd like to pepper Uh, in here yeah speaking of the farms i think it's a lot of um raising animals like it's it's less about produce and more about animals livestock yeah pets even yeah, I guess like growing crops would be more of a summer fall thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, there would be some flowers and some fruits and stuff that that work in the spring, but the the staple crops would not be that yep. common. So all you do in spring is wring what you can out of your animals. Mm-hmm. That was the best strategy in a lot of those games, anyway. Oh yeah, cool. So now that we've created this sort of like beautiful pastoral world that that that's permanently in different seasons, and we know that there aren't warring continents, what are some world threats? 
I would like each of you to create one bespoke threat to this beautiful world that we have. And because we know that, uh, or at least right now, we're thinking that it's probably not political threats uh, of, of possible wars opening up, um, you know, feel free to like go the route of dark necromancers and monsters roaming the land. Um, All right. I've got one word for you, James. Ooh. Megafauna. Oh, hell yeah, like Godzilla's. Yeah, who knows what lurks in that forest. It could be Godzilla. So is there a massive forest that dots each continent? Like, does each continent have its own forest? Yes, and I think that they are mythologically associated with the dragon that presides over them, but practically those are actually known as being resting places for horrible monsters. I like it. I like it. So there are um, different dragons uh, that roam the world freely that, that cause season and weather patterns. Uh, so like there is a rain dragon and wherever it flies, rain happens. But I, I really like the idea that there are a few dragons that everybody's like, oh, yeah, the rain dragon, that's fine. The wind dragon, that's fine. But in that forest there, there are untold dragons that we do not know about and do not wish to know about, and we just want them to stay in the forest. Hell yeah. Though the forest has untold secrets and riches. Yes. And also probably a loose definition of the word dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so does Ryutama. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Love it. The, the, the dragons look very different and weird and cool. Playing fast and loose with our terminology here. Yeah. And they really run the gamut from, like, unspeakably adorable to horrifying. Yes, exactly. This so, dragon's made of teeth. <laughs> adorable. Pearly <laughs> yeah, white. Yeah. Okay, and uh, Meg, how about you? World yeah. threats. Well, tell me if I'm way off here, but I'm thinking donuts are very hard to map. Um, and folks have been exploring and comparing notes. And there may be a fifth continent. You stole mine. <laughs> Yeah, I um. I love it. So, mysterious fifth continent. Have we seen evidence of it? Because it is a world threat. So this. Yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a hard yes on that. As as people have you know come back and are comparing their notes, um, there's definitely something where we thought was just ocean, maybe, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think there are like easy oh. to navigate waterways between all of our main continents that we know and care about, but. There are wild waterways beyond those, vast open oceans, and some sailors say that they've seen another land. I think it's on the, like, in the inner ring. It's something that in just the right circumstances you can see across Mm. the donut. I think as you look into the inner ring of the donut, too, it's full of clouds, Mm. because I like the idea of the gravity of that place sort of causing the water to be very light in areas, so it's just a misty sea Mm -hmm. that's impenetrable. But, But some sailors say that they've sailed too far into that because it's easier to cross the donut ring on the interior because you've got a shorter journey Mm -hmm. uh you just risk going into the mist and they say through the mist they've seen another land this land has large bony mountains that loom dark uh, in the distance and it's rumored that dead things walk around there yes the continent of the season of bone time bone season yeah bone (laughs) season 
You know, bone <laughs> season. I think that's spring Hell already. Right? Uh, yeah. It's Halloween, my dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do want to point out. Well, actually, in this world, I I think it's the summer dragon that I, I can't remember which dragon the blue dragon is. Um, but that dragon is the dragon closest linked to boning. Yeah, um, <laughs> that dragon fucks. Uh, so there's a fifth continent uh, shrouded in mist, full of wandering bones. Even though there is one continent tied to one of the dragons, I should really look up which continent is fuck world because <laughs> oh, it is blue. He's it is the, blue. That would be summer. Well, that's right. summer. Cool. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so world. I think one of the main exports uh, of uh, the spring continent are are those flowers, which go directly to the summer continent. Where if you're gonna if you're going to meet your life partner, if you're going to meet your you know soulmate, the legend has it that the best place to meet them. Or the best place to like confess your love is the summer continent because then you will be under the blessing of the summer dragon who cares about human hearts more than any other. Um, so uh, I, I think that's probably what a lot of people use their life journeys for because in the setting of Ryutama, everybody is expected to go on at least one journey in their life. And, and probably it is most common uh, that people go out on this journey and come back with the person they are to to wed or the people they are to wed so we've got that uh fifth continent is a world threat which means we come over to rob rob your idea was stolen earlier yes did you have a second idea i do i'm gonna up the ante a little bit we'll on this call we'll call you idea. rob two ideas stiff uh, yeah just two <laughs> only two so you'll get one of them now this mysterious fifth continent is made actually of the ejecta of an enormous cataclysm Ooh, okay. This world used to be spherical, and the seasonal dragons joined forces. It wasn't just a peace accord. They had to join forces and literally core the planet in order to excise a dark and unnatural land in its center. I love it. That still has a tangential dimensional connection in the center of the mist. Mm -hmm. Like, this, this bone land... This this necrotic area is the part that was flung out and left in the, purely in the physical plane. But when conditions are right, the mist can coalesce and overlap with a an unspeakable and unnatural reality. Good lord. I was going to say at equinoxes, but like... How do equinoxes even happen in this in this world? Get so, your goddamn science out of my pastoral fantasy, James. <laughs> <laughs> There's four of them. We're this is a world in which the core of this world was apparently filled with bones. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, because I just got I accidentally got some Lovecraft in your Oregon Trail, and I'm not sorry. They taste weird together, but <laughs> you got your Lovecraft in my Oregon Trail. Um, yeah, I, I think that sounds rad as hell. I, I am deeply, deeply into that. Cool. So those are our world threats, and we've got the the sort of megafauna forest. Okay, that should be uh, good. Now the last is world enigmas. These are mysteries that are not necessarily negative things. Um, strange things that, that, that people can't explain, that people talk about seeing, but, you know, may exist, may not. For some reason, my, my brain went directly to Bigfoot, and that makes absolutely no sense in this world because there's weirder stuff than Bigfoot that's just acknowledged by everyone. 
I kind of like the idea of, yeah, well, what if cryptids, though? Yeah. Okay, well, what if it's, because we're all humans, right? What I reckon so. if there are rumored to be other sentient creatures? Because everybody knows dragons have some level of sapience, but for the most part, it's only humans walking around. What if they're rumored to be like elves or dwarves or... Mer people? Mer people. Yeah. So, so they're, yeah, they're... so the D&D fantasy races are the cryptids of this yeah. world. Yeah. Other civilized races. All right, that's one enigma. Do we have another enigma that people want to throw out there? There are some rivers in the world that have proven notoriously difficult to chart. Some people actually wonder if these rivers might slowly be drifting across the continents themselves. Ooh. Perhaps the rivers themselves have some kind of intelligence. Perhaps. These rivers are elves. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. And one more world enigma. Um, so we, we've got, a, I think, a Northern Lights kind of situation somewhere. I don't know where it is in a donut. Winter but, uh, continent. Light, light, and, uh, and there's the music. Rim. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, there's, at night sometimes there's light and music. Ooh. I mean, there's also the theoretical other sides of the donut, or is it just that on the rim of the donut, we have all of these different continents, and in the interior of the donut is per- Bone World. That's or what is I was there? Thinking. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah that way, the, like the best trade routes require a lot of daring, mm-hmm. right? As is proper. Yeah, the trade routes require that you go through the inside of the donut, aka the Bone Zone. <laughs> yes. Yep. You gotta sail right through that bone zone. Sometimes you see it and sometimes you don't. Correct. Okay, so now that we have all of those cool little details, I need you guys to name this world. What do you think it's called? Equilibria is all I can think of, and that's actually bad. Would humans not have named it after something that it reminded them of? <laughs> Donut land? Uh, yeah, like, or, you know, you, you, we, could, we could say that it looked like a uh, a ring, like... Yeah, Ring World. Yeah, Ring oh, World, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or we could just call That's it Ubiwa. Yeah. Because it's, it's uh, anime as fuck. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I looked up Japanese for equilibrium, and that is a pretty complicated <laughs> word. How so, about donut? Japanese for ring. Ubiwa. Ubiwa? Yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful. All right, Ubiwa. So, yeah, you are in the beautiful Ring World of Ubiwa. And that is where our adventure starts. So I think the opening scene uh, of this game is a Miyazaki-style credit sequence uh, just showing, like, waving grasslands in the plains on the spring continent between destinations, setting up this sort of beautiful environment. You, You can see mountains far off in the distance, uh, you can probably see a forest uh, far off in the distance in a different direction of huge, like, redwood-style uh, massive trees, very old-growth forest. And you can also see, interspersed with these sort of beautiful planescapes, uh, you see a small camp that has been put together. And now we have sort of loving shots of traveling gear travel cooking equipment of 
blankets of you know divining stones and, and different things that this party uses. So I, I would like each of you guys to describe because uh, an important part of your character was your color. Um, the color that your character is affiliated with. I, I would like to give give you to give us a sense uh, of your character um, through the gear that they have brought. Um, focusing on that on that focus color for you. So among the equipment there is coils of rope tied off with blue string, as well as an open fiddle case in which the Fiddle rests in a bed of this sort of um, light blue silk, mm-hmm. on top of which is a cap, which is also blue, but with a tannish orange uh, rim on the actual brim of the cap. Very cool. Who's next? Near the fire, ostensibly, there is a large frame backpack that... The frame on its bottom side has been smashed to near shapelessness by Mm -hmm. years of being unceremoniously flung down the way that young folks tend to shed suddenly their backpacks. And uh, the canvas of this backpack is a deep sort of eggplant purple, but it might also be a dusty brown because it is filthy and scuffed and... Uh, very neglected in its maintenance. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so we've got um, not far from that is another backpack. It's it's a soft canvas, no frame to it. Um, clearly, it's been well used for years, but cared for and repaired. And it's this like spring green, kind of yellowy green color. And uh, it it was not originally cute. But its owner has has added some things to it, you know, stitching here and there, bits of ribbon and flowers. Um, And spilling out of it are just, there's no organization happening in this bag. It's uh, it's herbs falling out, um, bits and pieces of, uh, like, notes and notebook, lots of drawings of local flora. Very, very cool. So, um... With that, I think the credit sequence starts to come to an end, and we first see our heroes gathered around a fire that is being tended, and they are your characters who have been traveling together, I'm going to say, for at least a few weeks, if not longer. How long do you think you guys have been traveling together? Is it simply from the last town, the last few towns? Are you all friends? Are you starting to meet each other? Um, I like the idea of these being burgeoning friendships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know my character is not likely from this continent, and so has likely been with at least one of you since they arrived. Who okay. is from this continent uh, between Rob uh, and Meg? I figured I was. Okay, good. So, I, okay. I figured I was... Definitely from the fall continent. Myself. Ah, okay. Nope. Me I... too. <laughs> uh, so, Meg, how did you happen upon these two? Was it the sort of thing where you're the type of person to go, you look lost? <laughs> A little, yeah. I think it's... um. So, so my character is the only sister to seven brothers, and I think there is a... An instinct to take care of lost boys. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
<laughs> so wherever we met in, in the last town, I would imagine, um, maybe the two of you had bonded over where you're from and, uh, and we're not sure where you were going. Yeah. And that well, was apparent. And, and everyone does these journeys. So I have to figure mm-hmm. that, uh, Quinn's character and my character may have just been sitting on the same adventure bus, which was like <laughs> the boat that came from the fall continent to here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so you just like saw these two lost boys, put your hands on your hips, and you're like, "Come with me, I'm yep. going to some town." Yeah. Um, and like the last couple of of days have been you guys traveling to this town together, which brings you close to the forest on this continent. Uh, sometimes there are wandering monsters that that will exit that forest. Sometimes there aren't. But yeah, you you got we join you guys as you are having breakfast together. I'm going to say you guys are all at condition 7 right now, which is the it's like a good condition to be in. Um condition in Ryutama sort of determines how easy it is for you to die. Um <laughs> it's also how tired you are. Um how how well rested, how how well you're taking care of yourself. What is death, but a good nap? I mean, that's one perspective. <laughs> We're children. It's easy for us to die. Hey, Heroes. This week, our sponsor, Red Moon Roleplaying, paid for the crew of the Minoc to talk to you about Red Moon's horror actual play podcast. Enjoy. Okay, so this next one is... Hello, James. Thanks for getting back to me. Here is the copy. Who's James? I don't know. What kind of name is that? Is it the part of the Minoc segment, though? I mean, not it's all listed letters in... were capitalized, so it's definitely not like an acronym. Is there an apostrophe? James. Jamez. Jamez. Is it in the correct inbox, though? It's in the right inbox. It came to the right inbox. I'm just going to go ahead and read it. You'll He's... make Cat mad if you don't read it. It's definitely, we got a recipe, <laughs> don't you worry. Um, and it's even a numbered list. The Red Moon Roleplaying, an actual play podcast where we play in dark worlds. First step is our format resembles an audio drama and stays in character at all times. Two, we use background music by the acclaimed dark ambient act, uh, Atrium Cassery. Boy, howdy, they shouldn't have gotten me to read this. Um, is there a question coming up? I, I think it's in there. I think it's in there. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of punctuation. Hold on. Uh, to create a wonderfully dark atmosphere... We're playing a horror campaign, The Black Madonna, for the upcoming game Cult Divinity Lost. As we are in character, the players react to the horrors as their characters would have, with terror, rather than giggling and wisecracking. Uh, the campaign is set in 1991 in a re- 1910? I don't... What are years like for us now? It's, what, 6,000 something right now? Yeah, I guess technically we're not, we're, that is the system that we're on now. Yeah. Yeah. I have no, I have nothing, but I have no event in the future to, to count backwards from (laughs) right now. That would be extremely useful. That would be really convenient, but it's like 6,000 something, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, so this takes place in the real ancient past. A long, a long time ago. Boy. Uh, so, yeah, in 1991, in a reunified Germany and the Soviet Germ- Union... Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Germ- let me get through this. You Reunified Germany and the Soviet Union against the backdrop of the collapse of the Eastern Bloc. Is now, Germany... That's, that's got to be 
a hospital. A Neboidian thing. So I, think, they, I think this why? is the Trade Federation. That doesn't sound like the Trade Federation. Oh, no, I think it's a hospital because they're all ger- they're ger- they got all those germs. germs. It's Germany. Germans. It's Germany in there. Okay, no, I think I think there's like an alien. Get to the question. Ger- <laughs> Let me read through it. Six. This is part six. Cult of how divin- many? Let me read through it. Cult Divinity Lost is a game with influence from movies like Hellraiser. Okay, um, I don't know. And a heavy element of Gnosticism. Uh, Divinity Lost is a reboot of the original Cult, which Cults all of those now. letters are capitalized, and it's K U L T. Oh, okay. So not that scary. Uh, or I guess Kesh. I don't. <laughs> Right. It is. It, is it cash? Probably not. Oh, cash. Ush, now I'm going to look it up. <laughs> probably Isn't that is. funny? Like in, in any other language, though, when you hear the alphabet, you're like, "That's pretty close." Okay, that's made up. <laughs> you just you're just trying to sound different. The campaign we're playing was written back in 1991. Okay, so they're using this classic campaign as krill. part. Yeah, K yeah. is krill. 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 Like yes. the. Like like the critter, like a, what? Yeah, like the whale food spelled the same way. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's you? What's you? Uh, hold on. Uh, urchin. Usk. Krill. Urchin. Krill, usk. It's all sea life. Yeah. L. Usk. L is um. <laughs> leth. 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 Oh. Okay. And T. <laughs> uh, trill. Trill. No, usk. it's not. Leth. It is. Trill. Yeah. Trill. And D is dank. <laughs> It's Dorn. Dork. <laughs> Why? That's how some people pronounce it. It's like how no. it's like in a high galactic. Some people say Z and some people say Z. That yes, makes, they do Z. That yeah. makes me really mad. Especially they say it in Canada, which makes me really mad because they sound normal, but then they say that, and it's like you guys normal. Yeah, normal. Where's Canada? Uh, it, the outer. Area. It's the outer rim. Okay. Okay, okay. Is so, there a question? Well, <laughs> I really did want to remark on how it's interesting that they're playing the new version of this game, but they're using a module, or at least referencing a module from the original system. Again, that's not a question, though. Isn't that funny that that's happening? No. Oh, I see. Yes. I guess it's... I feel like there's a, jo- a, there's a jab in there. There's a barb somewhere. You think there's a barb? I feel like I'll just go here with one. <laughs> Okay. I might be okay. Okay. Where, okay. Here's the first question. I might yes. happen to like references from things, but it's not like I'm. It's not like I'm just wholesale using them back there in our games. In our games that we play, I'm not I'm just, just like porting just over the entire adventure. You've got a point of connection with these people. That's all I'm saying is you got a point of connection. Correct me if I'm wrong. You said there's a question. Yes, there is a question. I'm amazed that we got this far and, this and didn't stop reading. This is the first question. Okay. In this, and there's still more to this letter. Okay. Where can we be found? <laughs> we, can't, we can't tell. How would we know? Are, well, are I'm, they going to tell us? I'm I asking. Do, I do think there's an answer underneath. So maybe they're just testing us. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. The The... You know, this is something that I struggle with finding myself, and you just got to look inward. You know, it's the only way to truly see what's going on go- going on with you is to see what's going on with you. That's you know? a great answer, Lenik, and much better than telling the location of the ship. Uh, so let's move forward. <laughs> I, I, I try. And oh, it. nope. No. The mine- ah, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. How, uh, Keep going. Keep going back okay. there. They say on the web, it is at uh www.redmoonroleplaying.com as well as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram. 
on iTunes. They are available there as well and available for all Android platforms just by searching Red Moon Roleplaying. Did they mean Wesk, Wesk, Wesk? <laughs> What's WWW? Yeah, I think they meant Wesk, Wesk, Wesk. How, how, how is it possible that Wesk, Wesk, Wesk is more difficult to say than WWW? <laughs> because it's like half, if not a third of the syllables. You're absolutely right. But it's so much more challenging. It's that E. Because like whisk is easy. Whisk, whisk, whisk. Yeah. Wesk. Wesk. <laughs> Yeah, they've got a little bit more here. Information <laughs> information on Cult Divinity Lost. In Cult Divinity Lost, the world around us is a lie. Mankind is trapped in an illusion. We do not see the great citadels of the metropolis towering over our highest skyscrapers. Uh, we do not hear the screams from the cellar where hidden stairs take us into the inferno. We do not smell the blood of burnt flesh from those sacrificed to the long forgotten gods. But some of us see glimpses beyond the veil. We have strange feeling that something is not right. The ramblings of a madman in the subway seem to carry a hidden message, uh, and our reclusive neighbor doesn't appear to completely be human. Wow. Yeah, that's, Real xenophobic. That's Real xenophobic, but okay. Uh, by slowly discovering the truth about our prison, our captors, and our hidden pasts, we can finally awaken from our induced sleep and take control of our destiny. Well, it, that's a, probably a typo. It should say force and destiny. <laughs> but I know what they're saying. Destiny role, perhaps. Is just, what they meant. Just the destiny role. And is there not another question that they don't provide an answer for? Um, uh, well, they do have this. Let me know if you need any further information. And please let me know where I can make payment. Yeah, we need a question. We need a question is the information. And payment can be directly into my account. Not No, no. Because no, then we won't have frozen. access to it. We won't it. have access to it. Yeah, but... You guys don't understand wealth management. I already have a great deal of money. We need to add to it so that I can earn more. Do we have like a PayPal? I feel like if we had like a PayPal, we might be able to finagle. What, just that. a friend who we? That's the worst system in the world. What you? What you? They'll pay proposing? our friend, and then oh, our yeah, friend please, will just, pay us. Great. Yeah. It feels more consistent to me than Linux bank account. We um, tried the PayPal system with Trist. Trist was our PayPal. Why would we he use took Trist? all the money Why would and he we use... gambled it away. No, don't use Trist. Use someone trustworthy. Very... Why don't we use like Nemo or someone? Or me. I could gamble the no. money, but I wouldn't gamble it away I because as you know, I Linux. am a world star, uh, world class. No, he did sub- appear in those <laughs> world star videos when you yeah. started the fight at that Sabak table. Yeah, but I won the fight and I won the game of Sabak. Yeah, Is you, this true? You Sorry, are you that, on... He punched that old lady in the face oh. and the video just said world star. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd prefer someone like Nemo, someone that I trust. I don't look. Do we trust Nemo with money? I think so. So I'd... not with children, but money is okay. Yeah, I think that's what no. About... We trusted him with the kid too, and it was a bad decision. They're both here, alive. I just think that, that... cannot be our only criteria because I feel like that's ninety percent on Tamlin's shoulders. I just think he has like a savings account. That he continues to have access That's to. That's definitely got to be frozen. Does he have more than 400,000 credits? You don't have access to it, Lena. He must. He's a, he's a best-selling author. He's a transgalactic best-selling author. Nemo. Nemo, come in here. Yeah? Can I see your bank statement? What? <laughs> Can I see your bank statement? What are you talking about? 
I just want to see your bank statement. I just want to know. You can hide the the account numbers and everything. I just want to know. I just want to know the dollar amount. We're trying to judge whether or not you are more fiscally responsible than Lenik. And that's how the conversation will go when he gets here. <laughs> okay, so that was just a role-playing <laughs> role scenario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nemo, come in here. <laughs> Wait, you anticipated all the problems that we would have with this conversation. Why are you going forward with it? I didn't anticipate any problems. He's going to hand it right over. Yeah, what do you need? Can I see your bank statement, please? Sure. I'll just uh, hide the account number, and then you can just see the total dollar amount, if that's fine. Yeah, that's totally fine. Thanks. Was that so hard? Well, that was another role-playing scenario. (laughs) Yes, we've got to see every possible outcome. I just feel like it's going to be much different. Nemo, come here. Nemo, put the blaster down. Nemo, what are you doing? This one got really far off the rails. But, but it could happen. You know what role-playing scenarios probably won't go far off the rails? Oh, yeah, all the stuff about cults. Email, uh, the Red Moon role-playing scenarios, because they're in character 100% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Uh, Do they giggle? No. Not one, never. No, they're screaming they all the time. Just horrible moans and wailing. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Well, it would certainly be a different tone from the one that you're listening to right now. Thank you so much uh, for your support of that show and our network, Red Moon Roleplaying. Please, if you're interested in horror roleplaying, check them out. So we join you guys around your fire. What are you doing? So my character, whose name is June, is... Leaning over the fire, sort of poking the pot of beans that are cooking, stirring it up, and sitting back, wiping some of the sweat that has gathered on his hands, on his blue overalls, and then adjusting his orange scarf. I feel like Ichiro, who is noticeably younger than his companions, uh, likely around 10 years old, is sitting there with one hand eating scrambled eggs with a chopstick set. And scrambled eggs are the result of hunting in this world, not of uh, chicken husbandry, because there are eggs that walk around and and are monsters. Um, Fantastic. While with the other hand, he is trying to juggle one-handed a handful of pebbles. Uh, just just showing off his immense dexterity, but also occasionally mistakenly putting a rock in his mouth or trying to juggle a piece of eggs because he's not really like paying attention. Uh, so Momoka is not uh, is not far from June, and she is she has a walking stick that she's uh, been adding bits and pieces to the top of for decoration, but also is. Offering you some advice, whether June will take it or not, on uh, the cooking of those beans, because those look real good. I think the temperature's about right. I don't, I don't know if you... The, the temperature's fine. You're going to want to leave it on for a, another couple minutes, you know. Just okay. con- constant stirring. You can't let them sit. Okay, I'm, I'm, so. I'm doing it. I'm stirring them up. You seem to have a lot of interesting ideas about spices, though. You guys use weird yeah. things over here. It's not weird. They're delicious. Like, you... So many of these flowers are edible. You wouldn't even guess, but they're they're wonderful, I promise. Flowers and beans. You people are crazy. Yeah, I think there are a lot more sweet 
uh, tastes and textures uh, on the spring continent uh, to the point where you are making like a, a, a pretty, I, I would say something that's closer to a Tex-Mex bean dish. Mm-hmm. And Meg sort of comes over and turns it into Boston style baked beans, which are <laughs> much sweeter. Um, and it's like the weirdest breakfast thing <laughs> that you have come across. This is going to make me sick for the day. No, no, it'll be great. You're supposed to You'll start breakfast to with a hearty meal. It's hearty. There's a, Look at how many beans there are. <laughs> this place is great. I love how it like it's like they have dessert every meal all the time. It's amazing. Um, and as you guys are sort of like looking to the forest as the sun is now peeking up over the trees, uh, starting to cast its l- first lazy beams across the land, um, you hear something in the distance. At first, it, it sounds like a animal, like a roar somewhere, the roar of some great dragon uh, crossing the land, perhaps a plains dragon or a mountain dragon. Uh, they're rumored to be able to call across great distances. Usually, uh, the, the, you, you hear different stories, I think, on uh, the summer continent. Is anyone from the summer continent? Now we got okay. spring, fall, and fall. Fall, fall. Okay, then, then I guess on the fall continent, uh, uh, mountain dragons are supposed to have uh, mournful cries uh, that can cross from continent to con- continent uh, to call out for loves uh, that they may never meet. Um, it's a sort of a sad tale on a continent where where, where people feel that uh, if you die there, love may have already passed you. Um, if you die alone, which is one of the reasons that, that calls people to the journey. Um, and, and at first you think it might be a dragon, but the sound is sustained and sustained for quite some time. And it appears to be getting louder and louder and louder. Um, can one of you roll your perception? It is going to be your intelligence plus spirit. So you will roll two dice. It's 12 for me. It's Oh, mine or would be... a deep. So you roll those. Yeah, yeah, you roll same, those two dice. I have a six and an eight. So. Oh yeah, so she'll have the. Yeah, twelve would be an incredible yep. roll. <laughs> that would be max. I got five. Five. Uh, guys. Eight. Eight. That's okay. Just, that's just keeping on going, isn't it? And you can see. Uh, oh yeah, what are your characters' names? Uh, so I'm Momoka Tomo. Momo. Perfect. Uh, Ichiro. Tanaka and just June. Just June. Just June. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Ichiko, uh, you can see, because partially because you are bold enough to look towards the sun, even though it stings your eyes <laughs> and you've been instructed not to. Well, that makes it more alluring to do so. Uh, Stop it. You can see some glowing object uh, that is moving in front of the sunrise that, that is separate from the sunrise itself. And you, you feel that the roaring noise that you're hearing is tied to that. 
something impacts perhaps a mile or two into the forest you see a massive like explosion uh there is a big burst of fire um, uh, that jets up and uh, displaced rock and, and tree fragments. Um, and you can see like a lot of birds suddenly take flight um, as you guys are staring at this like now smoking hole that or not. Well, you wouldn't be able to see the hole itself, but like this uh, pillar of smoke that is emanating from the forest. Ichiro is feverishly finishing his eggs because he's not going to waste food. But he super wants to go check that out right away. So he's like eating and and also getting his backpack on at the same time and starting to walk towards the uh, the the direction of the impact. Wow, Slow we're going to check, we're gonna check your that out, food. right, guys? Slow down. We got to put away the pot. We're going to get this soon. Just hold on. But, but, but what if somebody else goes first and looks at it? Like that, We have to get there and look and see what it does. He's spraying egg <laughs> as he talks. Oh, oh just finish chewing, swallow. We're, 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 we'll get there. We'll go look at it. No, I don't think anybody else is running. Ichiro's hopping it. from foot to foot, looking back at the camp. I am slapping a lid on the pot <laughs> and moving it and then tamping out the fire such yes. that we don't accidentally cause a forest fire while we're out looking for this thing. That's very good. Only we can prevent forest fires after yeah. all. I'm almost gathering everybody's belongings. Oh, Bed rolls and yeah. rolling things up, yeah. Before we set out, June is also making sure that I, I grab my cap, put it on backwards such that there is a single lock of hair poking out of the front. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready, Momika? Uh, I think we've got everything. Take okay. take one last look around real quick. Make sure we didn't leave anything. <laughs> what thing did you forget, each of you? <laughs> uh, I definitely left my walking stick. Okay. Oh, no. I got my walking stick, but I left... Um, well, you oh. would have forgotten had she not reminded you, oh, is, the, is the oh, thing. What would you um, have left behind? In his haste to finish his food... Uh, once the last of the eggs were gone, Ichiro just sort of stuck his chopsticks in the dirt to make them noticeable to pick up later, but mm-hmm. he's already forgotten about them. <laughs> so they're just sort of sticking up out of the ground <laughs> next to the uh, fire. Nice. And, and Momo's little sewing kit had fallen down mm. next to the, the logs that we were sitting on. And I mean, eating side down. Like, this kid is... Yeah. This kid is <laughs> filthy. Oh. I mean, he'll, he'll <laughs> blast it off with water or chew through the dirt. Yeah. Whatever. He's a he's a kid. Um, so, yeah, you quickly uh, gather together your gear and equipment, um, pack up, uh, and we can see you guys with your packs uh, across your backs as, as you stare at this, like, settling smoke uh, that's across the sky, uh, making it hopefully easy uh, to navigate as you enter this forest. Can I get uh, from you guys, I think a strength uh, plus spirit rolls uh, as you start navigating this forest. This is a wild forest so uh there are a lot of physical challenges in here like fallen trees and whatnot that do not exist on uh the plains that you are used to walking on also it's kind of intimidating because you know in every region no matter where you're from you don't really enter the forests unless you have to or unless you're going on an adventure so it's a little scary 
So is that from everyone? It's from everyone. Four. Seven. Thirteen. Okay. I'm from here. So Five. <laughs> nobody <laughs> failed is the good thing. And also, because Meg rolled so extraordinarily well, I, I want to point out, if you roll two sixes or a max die and a six, yeah. uh, that is a critical success. Um, but Meg succeeded oh. so handily that I, I think you go into this forest and she just fills you with confidence with all the things that she knows about the area. Don't touch that plant. Get that plant. You can use that to eat later. Uh, this plant uh, is especially pretty if you look at it from this angle. Look at this old tree. It's got a carving in it. Uh, there used to be people here um, and like so on and so forth. She's just going on and on about like old hunter's marks and trail markers and things like that. Um, and you guys just feel heartened by this like, okay, we're with somebody who really knows their stuff. So it's probably not as dangerous as uh, we thought it might be. And it's a real good thing because Ichiro unerringly gravitates to the most poisonous plants yep. and the most dangerous mm-hmm. things you shouldn't walk on and is every time corrected just in time. Yeah, I kind of feel like Momo is in front of the group. uh, She's got her walking stick out and she just sort of like casually uses it to guide Ichiro's wandering hands away (laughs) from different things. Ichiro, the escort quest that walks like a kid. Uh, Doesn't even have to look around, just knows you're reaching for it. (laughs) No. Um, And about half an hour or so like uh traveling into the forest because the forest is it's a dense wood and it is a little bit difficult to navigate uh you're making your way slowly momo is making sure that you are not running uh too fast through the forest uh so you might hurt yourselves but as you go through the forest um momo you see something that gives you a bit of pause you see scratch marks on the tree um, made by a creature with three claws. Um, they are about, uh, I will say, like, to your waist, waist height. I need somebody to make an intelligence plus spirit roll. That's a four and an eight for me. So Same. Yeah, whoever's best at it. That's, that's Momo. She's that's got Momo. Six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, that was almost a crit, even. Almost, yep. You would know these anywhere. Uh, these are scratch marks of a tribe of Neko goblins. Uh, they've got the telltale signs. Neko goblins are uh, ornery creatures. Uh, they're sometimes called cat goblins. They are like the one other confirmed intelligent species uh, that you know about. And... They're not always so friendly. Hmm. Um, and so you definitely know that uh, there is a tribe that makes this particular area their home. Hold up. I don't okay. know if we can keep going this way. Um, but, the, the, but the thing is over there, the, like, the, I, it fell out of the sky. I we know. Have to go I know, Ichi. I know. I know. Um, we so may have to go around. With a roll like that, you know that this is a, a tribe of Calico Neko. Um, Calico Neko are... Like, no Neko Goblin is friendly in terms of generosity, but there are different tribes of Neko that are more pliable, more open to negotiation over things. Like, if these were main Neko, uh, then you would know, 
you don't mess with those guys. They are aggressive and they are extremely strong. But Calico Neko, uh, it is possible to trade with them if you would, if trading is the thing. June, you have a cat, right? Yeah. I do. So, do you have Neko goblins on the fall continent? You probably would. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of them before. Yeah, we're walking right into one of their encampments. Um, so we can either try to keep going this way, or we can... I don't know how far around we'd have to go, honestly, to avoid them. Okay, but these... uh, that's something to consider. Does yeah. anyone have anything on them that we could use to either distract them, or maybe to trade with them? I do have some rope, but that's not yarn. I usually, yeah. if I know there's going to be Neko goblins, I carry some yarn with me, use that. I'm out today. Mm. I mean, Neko goblins are hardly a big deal. You just have to run faster and climb faster than they do. Well, Ichi, you know... I don't know if we can all do that, oh. uh, and we should stay together. Hmm. It's it's better to stay in a group. Um, well, maybe we have something. I, su- I suppose we can oh. keep going this way and see yeah. if if we have something that that they would want. We could try that. We've we've got some we've got some herbs and things that we collected. We have some beans left over. Maybe do some beans. I also yeah. did bring my fiddle. Oh, and maybe we they, can convince them to love dance. Who love fiddle music? Yeah, who doesn't absolutely. love to dance? That would be good. That would be nice. I think we'll try that if we run into them. But we should we should move um we should move carefully. You got it. All right. Looking um, at you. <laughs> <laughs> so knowing that there is perhaps a danger of Neko goblins in the area, you guys proceed on more cautiously. Can I get an intelligence plus dexterity roll? It's just going to be a neutral roll. What did you get? 16, 8, 8. That's a critical success. Nice. <laughs> um, so nobody else needs to roll. That was for the group. Um, Good, because I'm bad at this. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I, I think where, wherever you live on the fall continent, um, let's see, yeah, you're from a farm, but your grandfather was an adventurer. So I think you sneak out at night a lot. Hell yeah. Um, and you are used to, like, not disturbing a single thing. So I think there is a network of uh, fallen trees that is over a valley. Everybody else has, like, sort of heavy packs on them. So some of their, like, footing is unsteady and unsure. Yours is completely steady and sure. And you gracefully help your companions sink down lower into this valley until you are uh, crossing uh, the whetstone pathways, like, at the bottom, where you can tell, like, a river sort of crests and lowers and crests and lowers uh, during rainier parts of the year. It smells like a damp forest floor, uh, that sort of uh, clean, fresh smell that you get from a forest, uh, with, with, like, a hint of mustiness being in this wet area. But you can see ahead of you... Um, there is smoke uh, billowing up through the forest uh, from wherever uh, this thing touched down. What do you guys do? Slow down. Ichiro, Ichiro, slow down. Uh, slow, uh, slow down. Okay. It, okay. Very helpful. But this smoke now. <laughs> yeah. Where there's smoke. Finish it, please. Come where on. There's where smoke. there's smoke. Um, I, I know this one. Yeah. Stop, drop, and roll. Close. I mean, it's related. Yeah, not not bad. 
You've heard him do worse in the short times that you've known oh, him. Oh, was it was it look both ways? Did I do it wrong? You're getting farther afield well, there, um, buddy. Definitely, but So look, anyway, look let's go over there. there. And I'm just off. Yeah. Um oh, and boy. you you walk up and you see in front of you uh stretching out for maybe a half mile, you see trees that have been toppled over like matchsticks. Uh, just flattened in front of you. At the center of it, there is a smoldering crater uh, where there is still fire. Okay, Ichi, that is on fire. Uh-huh. Like, the fire is reflected in both of Ichiro's eyes. Yes. <laughs> I want you to remember what we learned last week about melting your shoes. It smells funny. Yeah, it smells yeah, it, funny and it, it, it hurts your feet. I had to peel them off. No, I I think is that, this is fire that how that smells went? funny. Do you smell that? What what is that smell? That that is weird. It's not his shoes again. No, no, it's not. It doesn't smell it's, like rubber. You're far enough away. It smells. Hmm. Is it eerie? Have any of yeah. you guys uh like been around a blacksmith before? I don't think so. I don't think I have. I think that sounds like something that probably happens in Fall Continent. Mm. There's probably some blacksmiths around the village where I grew up. Well, there'd up. probably be a good amount of blacksmiths, too, on the Spring Continent, especially if, like, l- taking care of livestock is... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Metal thing. tools. Maybe. Well, you might have, because your grandfather is an adventurer, like, you're on a farm. You probably have to go pick up horseshoes or something before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, blacksmith shop, that they smell like, like burning coal and, and hot metal, um... And the sort of uh, different scents that would waft out of a blacksmith shop are now washing over the landscape with the gentle wind that is flowing over this oh, area. Oh, this smells like um um this smells like the place where the horseshoe and swords guy works, where you go and you mm. buy horseshoes. It smells it, like that. It smells like horseshoes. Yeah, it definitely smells like horseshoes. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're gonna get closer. Use a stick. White. Don't use your hands. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? That it's a... Giant horse? (laughs) Oh, that would be so cool. They would be terrifying. What are you talking about? I hate those things. Horses are great. Horses are nasty. They look at you with a gross bug eyes. Horses are beautiful. You can ride on their backs and they go really fast. And if it's a giant horse, we can all ride on its back. Crush your bones. I think that if it was a giant horse, it would go even faster. It'd be amazing. The horses will crush you in the bones. Crush you in the bones? Yes, they'll crush you in the bones. I've They're never very heard friendly of that and gentle if you are nice to them. We had horses on the farm and nobody They've ever got, got crushed in their bones, mm-hmm. as far as I remember. They'll bite your fingers off. I've got friends don't who don't put your fingers hands in horses. its mouth. I mean, okay, maybe in the spring continent, but in the fall continent, horses are friendly. There are rules for dealing with horses, and I'm if you saying. treat them well, they will not eat your fingers or crush you in the bones. My grandpa's letter did not say anything about there being giant nasty horses out here. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, if it is a giant horse, it's on fire. So we should take a closer look. Giant so fire horse. Wow. Um, so you guys cautiously uh, approach this area, drawing yourselves, you know, that half mile journey over the fallen trees towards 
this fiery area. Uh, you can tell that uh, it ra- because it rained last night. Um, the fire is not spreading very far. It, it's sort of contained to this area because all of the fallen trees are wet and on a damp ground. Uh, also, there the wind is gentle today, so there's not much feeding this fire. It, it, it's just sort of smoldering right now as you approach. Um, the crater itself is probably uh, got a a 20-foot radius. It is a big, big crater um, into the earth. And uh, like as you get closer, the, the smoke is incredibly thick, and that overwhelming smell of, of hot iron uh, permeates the air. You can feel the warmth on your skin as you draw closer. It, it, it's like getting near a campfire. And on the spring continent... Uh, that has crisp mornings. Uh, it feels pleasant. Here, horsey, horsey, horsey. <laughs> uh, what what are you doing to attempt to tra- attract a giant horse? I have picked up some sort of uh, plant husk, and I have a stick, and I'm like knocking on the stick, trying to make horse sounds, mm-hmm. Monty Python style. Nice, nice, and. Uh, and literally just calling out for the horse in a friendly voice because I assume as a child that that would that that would work and that it that's probably what a horse what would I, want. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you can understand what I'm saying, right? Like, I mean, I know they don't talk, but I'm obviously a nice kid. Mm-hmm. As you go through making this knocking noise, abandoning the stealthy moving that you were doing earlier, <laughs> um, getting close to the fire, as you are. Near where the smoke is, um, that though not at a point where you can easily see through it, uh, you hear a voice. And it appears to be like, like it's almost like a voice that radiates out through the earth itself. It's not like a human voice that, that carries through the air. It, it comes from the ground. You feel it move up through your bones and into your head. And it just says, come. Was that my imagination or did you guys hear that too i hear that in my bones they um yeah no that's not a horse don't think so kind of made my tummy feel funny so right now the smoke is extremely thick do do any of you have a way of dealing with that um i have a way of dealing with that on at least a personal level a personal level in as much as I have a handkerchief I can pull over That's my nose great. and mouth. Um, yeah, with, with that handkerchief, handkerchief, you've sort of come prepared. You put that over your nose and mouth. Well, well it stings at your eyes a little bit. Um, you can move closer than your companions. I will need you to make a spirit plus intelligence uh, for a perception. Seven. I think that should be enough. Uh, we, we, we cut to like your first person view and we can see it's a little blurry because the smoke is stinging your eyes. Uh, there are sparks, um, popping up from this sort of blasted part of the earth. Um, and at the center of it, uh, you can see a red hot piece of metal, uh, that appears to just be like uh, jabbed into the earth. It looks like unformed, um, sort of a rough hewn rock, um, but you can see that it is glowing red hot um, sticking up out of the ground. H- hello? 
There's like another moment of pause and then pulsing out once again through the ground. Greetings. Uh, Are you the rock? I am from beyond the stars. Beyond the stars? I have come from a great darkness to be shaped. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back next week with more Ryutama. There are only a few days left to support A Woman with Hollow Eyes, One Shot's first dramatic campaign. We're going to be doing our final preview for A Woman with Hollow Eyes this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Time on the One Shot Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. In the meantime, if you're looking for more great gaming shows, check out Design Doc. Join hosts Hannah Schaefer and Evan Rowland as they redesign their first role-playing game. Design Doc is an experiment in public, participatory, analog game design. It's fun, it's messy, and you're invited along for the ride. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. And folks, I know that things out there look grim. Between net neutrality and the tax bill, it has been a rough couple of weeks. But even though it's difficult, now more than ever is the time to act. One of the easiest ways to get involved and stay active is calling your representatives about issues that you care about. The victories we won earlier this year are owed to people making their voices heard. When I make calls, I use a site called fivecalls.org. There, I can find issue summaries for a lot of different issues that I care about, along with the contact information for my representatives and a script to read while I'm on the phone to make sure I stay on message. Calling is quick, easy, and it is the first step to making a big difference. OneShot is a proud partner in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you're an advertiser looking to reach an engaged Chicago audience, be sure to contact the Co-op about advertising opportunities. And if you're a listener who's looking to find a new show, check out Team GFB Radio. Dave Lang and Daryl Wisner share tales from the front lines of game development and talk current events in the games industry. As always, a big thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend about the show. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. If you want to hear more from the show, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod. Check out our Tumblr at OneShotPodcast.tumblr.com. Check out our Google Plus community. Or look for news on the site at oneshotpodcast.com. If you're looking to inquire about advertising rates, live appearances, and commissioning episodes, or you have a question or comment about something you heard on the show, contact us at gamemaster at oneshotpodcast.com. One Shot is a joint production between Peaches and Hot Sauce and Paracosm Press. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great podcasts, videos, and live shows for you to check out at peachesandhotsauce.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes! Okay.